Well, I, I, I don't want to cause Todd any more Ajita, so this is Long Box Heroes After Dark Episode 231. Ooh. All that other stuff is getting dumped. Don't worry about it. What? There's no dumping around here. Uh-huh. Anyway. So I saw, Todd, yeah. uh, you went on a Bachelor adventure this weekend. <laughs> yes, I did. You know, bachelor is one of those words that I always have a difficult time spelling. If it wasn't for spell check, I would consistently fuck up the spelling of that word. Yeah. Ask me how I spell bachelor. How do you spell bachelor, Todd? I don't. <laughs> That's whatever I say when there's a word I don't know how to spell. I don't. I just say the guy who's not married party mm. or getting married or something. Saw lots of women at that party. So, And I also saw the picture of the group. And here's everyone with their big smiles up. And here's Todd <laughs> dicking around on his phone in the picture. I was looking for Avengers tickets on my phone. You brought that up. I'm just saying. I know I was actually. I was wanting to see, and I was talking to my friend about going to see Avengers mm-hmm. in that picture. Um, yes, we we uh, there was a bus. It was rented. Uh, we got picked up outside the our local comic shop at uh, around eleven ish, uh, and we got on the road to. Uh, Trying to think of the the brewery that we went to, the SBC Brewery. Uh, I don't have the. I'm looking for the email of the, the the thing. We got a tour of a brewery, and then we got to like if you if you you went uh, on the tour, they gave you a free drink, and then like they had the bar open to stuff you could try, and they had like a like games outside they had like inside if it's cold or rainy and outside you could play like cornhole and uh uh and sit outside at the picnic tables or you could go in and drink by the vats and stuff like that the tour was was really cool um they had a guy like explaining all the like the way beer was made and how all the stuff worked and everything um so we were there about i want to say two hours two hours having a few drinks and they said maybe if people got bored with the the brewery that we would hit uh the casino and then go to the next place which was another brewery um but nobody was bored with the brewery the first one and we ended up uh staying there and not going to the casino which was a great uh which hurt hurt me I wanted to I wanted to go hit the hit the the tables because I was ready to win big win big Yes, it was uh, our first stop. We'll be at the Susquehanna Brewing Company at noon. And we got the tour. So uh, interesting stuff. They had some some interesting beers. They had a Shandy, which I didn't know. what Or Shanty? Shandy. I don't know. An orange one. It was very citrusy, and I, I got tanked up on that. And then we got back on the bus, and I broke out the whiskey, and that's when the fun started. So it was a whole day thing, because it certainly sounds like uh... – it not only was an early beginning of the day, mm-hmm. but it also sounds like you guys were, like, done relatively soon. Like, you guys could have been in bed by, like, six. Well, we could have. But after we did the SBC, we, we went up to Breakers Brewing Company at three, like I said. I know where that is. Right. And they had food and ve- a veggie platter and cheese. And the food was really good. That's one thing I'll say. I really enjoyed like the sandwiches and the mustard. They had a beautiful uh, blueberry wheat ale that I absolutely absolutely loved while I was there, and uh, we were there till uh, about six o'clock, 
five, six o'clock. And then we went back to the comic shop, got dropped off. And then we went bar hopping downtown Scranton. Now we got done. Matt went home around midnight and I went home shortly after that. So it was 11 to, to 12 or one o'clock in the morning, not 11 PM, 11 AM to 12. I shut it down around seven o'clock. I was like, I need, I need, I need to pump the brakes because I was full on Todd with a boost of nitrous. <laughs> oh boy. My, uh, my, uh, the inner Todd was coming out. And it was interesting to see people shaking their heads and not appreciating my sense of humor at that point. And apparently I, I talk with my mouth full while I'm drunk. But anyway. But we did make it to the bog. Oh, yes. Did you um, murder any hipsters? I no, <laughs> no I didn't. There was no real good way for me to say that. <laughs> No, I didn't murder. And it would have been justifiable if I did. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, and I gave the tour of the, the hipster section of, you know, uh, Adams Avenue. Uh, it didn't go over well, apparently, while I was standing there. And then we went around the corner to, I can't think of what the bar is. It was the, the bar that used to be the one next to Tink's. Uh, well, it is the bar that, the old Tink's next to it. I can't think of what it's called. And that's where we spent until, about midnight, one o'clock, and the fancy gentleman showed up after his import ep- exporting business. That was fun. We got into uh, a a detailed conversation, or as I call it, I make fun of Nickelback. Then Adam defends Nickelback for fifteen minutes and attacks ACDC while I don't care. So that was fun. Adam seems very easily rileable. No. Uh-huh. He's he. Oh, you don't want to say that he's the one who can't take the gentle ribbing on this podcast network. I'm trying to prevent any ribbing, gentle or otherwise, from my life. Oh, okay. Something happened recently. You get a good ribbing lately? No, 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 no. Um, I see the rib coming like three ribs away, <laughs> and I always try to put up whatever roadblocks I can to prevent those ribs from getting close. Right. Like I could see it's like, Oh, it's affecting this circle. And I'm like, it's only going to be three to five days before it's inescapable. If I put up my roadblocks now, and sometimes it, it filters through, but you know, being that I don't interact with people in, in real life, mm-hmm. a majority of my interactions with people are online. I could very easily, uh, put things up, but I tell you, man, I've been in a shit mood like the last since Friday, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just felt like dog shit. I was at work on Friday, and for like a good chunk of the day, I couldn't focus. I was just seeing spots. I didn't know what was going on. So when you say you were in a shit mood, you mean you were feeling shitty, or you were just angry, both, or both? It was like uh, I wasn't. I, I was in a shitty mood, but, like, on a scale of shitty moods, like, 1 to 10, I was, like, a 3 or a 4, but then, like, uh, I don't know why I'm dizzy and I'm seeing spots, and this is just exacerbating what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. So I get home from work on Friday, like, 6.30, I walk in the door, and I go, I'm just going to bed. 
and I slept for 14 hours, <laughs> and that felt okay, but I still got up, and then I was in a, I was in a shit mood, and then as the night went on, I, like, kind of, you know how, like, when you're, now, again, obviously, you were in a different situation, because you were drunk, and you were having these behaviors that people had to tell you about beforehand. <laughs> right. Or oh, afterwards. Yeah, Mm-hmm. You get to that point where you're in a shit mood and then you can realize, like, you can kind of, like, take yourself out of the situation and see you being shitty. Mm-hmm. And then attempt to fix the shittiness. And that's what I attempted to do. Um, but I still just had the feeling I just tamped it down. Right. Um, but I don't know, I just, just in a mood, I'm just trying to avoid things in my life that are going to cause me more grief than I need. Gotcha. I don't want any, le- I don't want any grief in my, my life, you know? Right. It's there, you know, no one lives a perfect life. I don't go, sur- I don't go searching it out. Too many people in their lives go searching this grief out. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my best to avoid as much grief as possible. Right. Uh, and the- s- oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just, I was going to cut you off and t- go back to the bachelor party, but go ahead. Uh, go back to the bachelor party, so and then I'll finish uh, Saturday, and then we'll get to uh, next week's Al's gals. Right. But you know how you were saying, like I was, you were saying, like a- afterwards they were telling you to di- telling me to dial back. Well, on the bus after the first uh, brewery, we were we were on the bus going to the second brewery, and the guy who was the guy's name was Tim, who who's the best man, and also did the bachelor party. And he goes, now we're going to our second brewery, and when I booked this one. I told them that we were a bachelor party and that we would be coming, you know, what time could we do it? Cause we would be at this other brewery and they were hesitant at that point because they don't like bachelor parties from drinking beforehand. Cause then they get out of hand. So we have to be on our best behavior and, you know, no being loud and obnoxious. And as the, as I noticed this, as the speech went on, <laughs> that his eyes were locked with mine for the most. <laughs> And I was like, gotcha, Sarge. You know what I mean? I'll be really good. And I was. My only, my inner crazy only came out quietly with one of my friends. And that was it. So I was good. It was like when he was giving the speech, there was a pause in between each sentence as though he would say, and then don't drink directly out of the tubs. <laughs> Todd. Yes. And then, the, like, it was, you know, it was, it was whether it was, so you know that he was talking to you to let everyone else like stop and pause as well as like, oh, was he talking about me? Or so everyone else who already has seen your poor behavior can use that opportunity to publicly shame you. Pretty much. Because then at, at like in between, you know, locked eyes, I would look around the bus and shockingly, most people were looking at me. I was I, I didn't get it. But, you know, hey. So I went and I was remarkably well behaved, but my, I was also, uh, quiet because I was stuffing my face full of, uh, the, the, the spread that they had put out. So that right. helped a lot because I was starving. So then on Saturday we went to the drive-in, uh, took Ace into the drive-in for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, when, okay. And, uh, it was the double feature of, uh, Shazam and Captain Marvel. Which I think is cool, a Captain Marvel double feature. Right, right. We didn't end up staying for Captain Marvel because by the time, you know, it doesn't start until it starts getting dark. 
by the time Captain Marvel started, it was already after 10, which is an hour past both Asa and April's bedtime. Right. And we'll just have to see Captain Marvel again another day for me and for them. First time. Uh, seeing Shazam the second time, I enjoyed it more the second time. Really? I was going to ask you, how did Asa handle all the stuff you were, that you were thinking about, like, you know, biting heads off and okay. stuff like that? Me having seen it already, I was able to tip everyone else off. Mm-hmm. As things were coming up, I'm like, all right, heads up. You know what I mean? We're at the drive-in. They, like, put the uh, thing down, like, the, the back of the SUV, whatever she calls it, a truck, SUV-type vehicle that my wife has. So they mm-hmm. have that laid out completely so the two of them are inside uh, with blankets and pillows and all that sort of stuff. And I'm in, a like, a lawn chair sitting outside the the car because I'm not allowed with the, the rest of the general pop. And <laughs> as I know a scene is coming up, I would just turn around and say, heads up, heads up. You know what I mean? Letting them know. Um, right. So he did much better with a lot of the scary stuff. Yeah. Cool. He enjoyed it. He thought it was funny. My wife loved it. Uh, the two of them, we're cracking up over it like days later, lines from it, quotes from it, and everything like that. And we also ran into DJ and Michelle there as well. They were seeing Captain Marvel and Shazam too? Right. Uh, when we saw DJ at the comic book shop, he had mentioned that they were thinking about going to see it uh, Friday or Saturday, but they didn't say which day. So I'm like, I'm not going to bother people. You know, we're in our cars. It's not like, hey, let's go there together and then all get in one car. Um, you know, I have a kid, so that's not something that typically happens. Like, if I show up and you're there, then that's a plus for me, probably a minus for you. Uh, but we talked about it afterwards, and we kind of went over the same coibles uh, that we talked about on the show last week, where we kind of shit all over the movie saying it was alright. But going back and watching, I still had fun with the movie, I still have the same problems, and I didn't bring up the problems like michelle uh dj's wife uh had mentioned the same things that we had mentioned right so i'm like okay it's not just us it's this outside third party who knows nothing of the shazam verse and she okay, was like, I see it was weird that they said this and it was weird that it was handled this way and all the cursing was too much but you mm-hmm. want more cursing in your movies because you're an r double sort of guy I am. I don't mind. I'll, I know I, I did that to, to, to rile you up. But, what? Uh, yes. But no, I get like that Captain Marvel shouldn't have the the swearing. Like they shouldn't be an F-bomb in, in Captain Marvel. But if there was a a, a few, I, I don't I don't mind. It was more the tone, the schizophrenic, like, you know, nature of the tone, like comedy horror. It's like, eh, I don't know. It doesn't seem to match well for me. Going back and watching it, and since we already did the main review on the other show, we can mm-hmm. talk about it here. There's the part where Savannah shows up at the house, right? Right. And, you know, the the parents leave to go look for Billy. Freddie shows up with Savannah, comes in and says, oh, no, he's going to come to us. And Savannah walks in the house, looks around, and says, oh, how quaint. Step into f- close frame in this, uh, <laughs> into the camera. No, not quaint. A shithole. Scene cuts. Didn't need to be there. Yes, but it shows that Savannah doesn't doesn't appreciate their family life. But he's he a jerk. Just, he's an asshole. He could have just said, how quaint, in a sarcastic manner. Or he could have just said, 
a dump instead of a shithole. You know what I mean? I gotcha. But it was it was the fact that like it was a step toward the camera, full <laughs> frame. He says a shithole. Smash cuts to the next scene. <laughs> this one's for Joe. Right. It's like he was giving me the finger guns. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hey, pal, this is for you. But my my kid's getting a lot more uh, savvy and stoogish with hearing swear words anywhere. Mm-hmm. I forget what the hell I was watching, and a uh, curse came up, and and he tr- he tries to sneak up on me when I'm here in the office, and I think he's in bed or getting ready for bed or whatever the hell it is. And he sneaks in and something said, fuck, I was watching, right? And he just immediately bolts. And I hear his feet and I'm like, god damn it. And uh, he went in to immediately tell April that I was watching something that had curses in it. Wow. Your kid is going to, your kid's going to work for like Snitch Central. Well, he did the same thing to April. Or he does the same thing to April too. Uh, He narks her out to me. Oh boy. Yeah. Wait until you start giving him the secrets, like who's under masks and whatnot. No, not anytime soon. He don't give a shit about any of that stuff. Yeah, I don't. You tell me. Well, I tell you because sometimes it comes out, and it was back when uh, Skinny Jeans was working at the store, and it was stuff that you could lord over him. That was fun. Now he's that best was... friends with all the, the big hot wrestling talents, making official songs for them and designing merchandise for them. That kid's leading the life, boy. Tell you the life of Riley. I don't think he'll be back for free comic book day though. No, you don't think so? I don't think so. I think he's uh, I think he's I think he's gallivanting at that time, but I'd hope so, because I want to see him run and register. Let me look at the tour schedule. And then we're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna get to uh Al's Gals for next week, whatever one needs to watch. Don't have some shitty site where stuff loads, goddammit. Good. What? That could happen. Oh, May 4th is open. Uh-oh. Now, granted, it might be a, a tough jaunt from Dallas, Texas to Scranton, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Right. Oh, and then boy. what's after the 4th? Is he like Timbuktu or something? Well, no, so he's got a very busy uh, schedule uh, from now up until May 3rd. Mm-hmm. And then nothing until May 19th. Oh, he's probably coming back home to record. Uh-huh. But it's uh, it's uh, North Carolina, Georgia, a swing in Florida, a swing in Texas, two weeks off, and then he goes to the UK. Oh, he's probably going to do the Doctor Who tour. Oh, uh, let's, let's hope not. <laughs> what? There's a thing on here to play my city. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get Wilkes Bar? No, hang on. Uh, where can I submit these things? Damn it. I want to, I want to send a thing. It's like, can you play, can you tickle the ivories of the register in Scranton? (laughs) No, I don't want to fuck with him. I don't want to blow up his spot neither. That's right. That kid's, that kid's on the verge. Uh huh. Once he does, I just want him to wear a long box. I just want him to wear a Who Enthusiast shirt. One of his concerts. Because, <laughs> you know, nothing nothing unites the, 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 the youth of America like my Who Enthusiast shirt. He's, he's unbelievable. I'm very proud of the young man. I really am. 
I am. He's one of the of the of the mean twins. He's you know the more successful one. But they were they were the two young boys that I haven't invented yet when they were working there. Mm-hmm. So. So, uh, Al's gals next week. Yes. So I think we have a list here. Right. And I think the next one that we're going to be doing is, I have a lot of emails here. Uh, where is your list? Okay. So the next one that we're going to be doing is Sanford and Son. Ooh. So there was, uh, Red Fox is one of the... I think in today's day and age, I don't think a lot of today's folks remember what a maniac Red Fox is and was. Which I don't remember how blue he worked in the day. Mm, Well, not even... Okay, so regardless of what his act was, but just like how he was a crazy person. Right. When I think the last real hit of fame that he had in the public eye was, I don't know if you remember the Eddie Murphy movie Harlem Nights. Yes. Where it was him, it was Eddie Murphy, Red Fox, Richard Pryor, and someone else were like the main four stars of it. Mm-hmm. And it was Eddie Murphy kind of like, oh, these are the guys I grew up on. I'm a big Hollywood star. Let me do what I can to give them payday, right? Right. So, uh, as you may may remember, Richard Pryor and Red Fox were a little difficult uh, to work with on the set. No. <laughs> now, Richard Pryor, I think more people remember how crazy he was just because he kind of has family that are still out there that talk and there's enough people that kind of worked with Red Fox or with uh, Richard Pryor that are still alive. Now I recently had it uh, informed to me like in the early eighties, like pre 1983, they tried to do a Richard Pryor cartoon on Saturday mornings. (laughs) Right. And then like that was pre him being in Superman three. Like they were really trying to do what they could to clean up his image. Sanford and Son was as close as they got with Red Fox. But just to go back to the Harlem Nights thing, so they'd be doing the movie, and every night on Entertainment Entertainment Tonight or whatever those, like, tabloid, like, Hollywood shows were that would always be on, like, whatever your local dial was, you had your block that had uh, Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and then you'd have, like, Inside Edition or Entertainment Tonight or those sort of things, right? Right. So... Entertainment Tonight, every night for the entire run of the shoot, which was like 40-whatever, 50 days, Red Fox is on there, causing trouble on the set, talking to reporters, saying wild shit, like saying, I need to get paid for this, I got so much stuff in the hawk, Eddie hasn't paid me yet for doing the movie, just crazy shit, man, right? Mm -hmm. And this was old, broken down, end of his rope Red Fox. This was at Red Fox in his prime when he was coked to the gills <laughs> and just like screwing things up, making a mess of things. So there's talk that because Red Fox is so difficult that they're going to cancel uh, Sanford and Son or at the very least change the show to get Red Fox out. He won't agree to a new deal, whatever it is. And Red Fox goes on the entertainment shows of the day and says... They could make the show Sanford and whatever. They can't make it whatever and son. So it's like, shit, yep. he's got us over a barrel. So they've already lined up all this stuff, and they decide that maybe they're going to do a spinoff with Grady. 
Grady's not even son. Grady's like his friend. So the Grady pilot gets shot, never goes to air. So this is one of those instances, which we will get to a few other as we do Al's gals going forward, where they just took that episode, that pilot that never got picked up, and just kind of gently worked it in to the regular season of Sanford and Son. Right, it's like, and it was always usually the last episode of the season they would do it with. Right. It would just be like, oh, we got to just tack it on to the end of the, to the run. You know what I mean? And from what I remember reading too was that while, uh, Red Fox was arguing, he, you know, Grady was, he was off the show. It was still Sanford and Son, but Grady was just, you know, taking his place and they were just giving Grady all of Red Fox's lines that they had wrote, and some of it, I forget where I read it, was they said, which kind of hurt Red Fox, too, in a way, was the show was still popular. Even, it wasn't like Coy and Vance showing up for, like, the Dukes, where it just immediately hurt the show. It was like, the show was still kind of popular with Grady doing the lines, but it didn't, it, it they weren't natural coming out of him. Like the only thing they probably changed was this is the big one, Elizabeth. You know what I mean? But he was probably still throwing around dummy stuff like that. So I don't know. I find that completely fascinating. Right. So here we are um, in the middle of the second season. Red Fox walks off the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, he was making $19,000 an episode. And again, that's 1973 money. So get out your... Uh, whatever the hell, uh, inflation calculators, right? Mm-hmm. So he's written out for the rest of the season. And as you mentioned, they just put Grady into the show, right? Mm-hmm. For the rest of the second season, uh, NBC f- sues Red Fox to come back. And <laughs> in the show, uh, the reason it was written in was Fred left for St. Louis to go to a friend's funeral. Wow. <laughs> so then he walks off during the middle of the third season, uh, citing health issues, and they put Grady back into the show. Again, a second time. A Grady double bill. Grady double bill. And then for this, uh, not only did he want an increase in uh, salary, he also wanted 25% ownership of the series. Ooh. And then he didn't come back until the middle of the fourth season. And I don't remember a lot of non-Red Fox episodes of Sanford and Son. I used to watch it. Ah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, when it was on, whatever, and even in syndication reruns. I was young, so I didn't realize that Fred wasn't around. You know, like, I don't know. It just, it didn't dawn on me. Like, now, if I probably sat down and watched Sanford and Son from beginning to end and went, fuck, there's not a lot of Fred in this season. <laughs> But I don't know. Right. So, uh, and again, you know, we're kind of giving away a little bit of the, uh, the stuff with this is now. I know what you're saying is because I, I was led to believe that Grady was just a one off, but it looks like Grady had 10 episodes. I only found the one mm-hmm. that's he also had. He was a part of one of those other spinoffs. Wasn't he a part of uh, Sanford Arms? He was a part of Sanford Arms. Yes. Right. And that was, so, uh, Sanford and Son goes six seasons. Season seven is where they tried to change it to Sanford Arms without Fred Sanford. Mm-hmm. 
And then it was in the midst of season four, during that time where Red Fox, like in between seasons three and four, where Red Fox went away, excuse me, where they did the ten episodes of Grady. Oh, okay. Maybe there was. I got confused. Right. When I sent that to you. But, uh, again, you look at this, there was 136 episodes of Sanford and Son. You only need 100 for syndication. So one would assume that syndication package just didn't include, like, included as many Red Fox episodes as possible. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we're going to be watching is where they kind of wrapped everything up with Grady being put back into the show for next week. And the links to this will be uh, in the show notes, of course, uh, along with the uh, opening theme song for Grady. <laughs> Grady. Oh, good so stuff. I, I'm excited to revisit this because I know there was a lot of uh, stuff that they would say during the course of the show. And we say this quite a bit for a lot of these older shows, you know, whether it be Sanford and Son, You're All in the Family, stuff like that, where they were doing stuff on network TV then that wouldn't fly in like deep cable today. <laughs> yep. And stuff that wouldn't even ever get on deep cable. Mm-hmm. Oof. Oh, boy. So I'm excited uh, for next week and uh, us to be able to talk about uh, Sanford and Son, Grady, and all of that nonsense. Yes, sir. Can't believe we're a whole we're – we're, this will be four months into Al's Gals already. It's just flying by, Joe. Well, this year is flying by. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. All right. So thanks for listening, everybody. This was uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, episode 231. Uh, you know, longboxheroes.com, soon to be network.com, all those other places. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Al's Gals, part four, back again. I have one question, and I hate to actually say it. it is wrestling related. All right. Because I never... Uh, try to bring it up, but is there something going on with you're allowed to touch the most famous dick in wrestling? Uh, okay, the ver- the most famous cock in wrestling. I don't know. I don't. The, bo- <laughs> the way that you're phrasing that, I don't quite follow what you're saying. <laughs> okay. You're allowed to grab and touch through, like, the tights, the most famous penis in wrestling. I don't understand what it is, but it's not anybody I've heard of. That, okay, so that, first of all, speaks volumes for you. Okay. Uh, For you, I mean him. Uh, There is a wrestler whose name is Joey Ryan. Maybe that is him. his, His gimmick is that he has a very strong penis. Gotcha. You kick him in the penis, nothing happens. Um, uh, he does the thing like you grab onto his penis, he flexes his muscles, and then by flipping his hips with his penis, he could flip you over, right? Mm-hmm. I know you'd be surprised by this, but Jim Cornette is not a fan of this sort of behavior in his precious world of professional wrestling. Right. Where the fat manager gets his face slammed into a cake and wrestles a ninja turtle. <laughs> but this is unacceptable. Now, I think it's unacceptable for two reasons. One, 
personal reasons, I think uh, the guy who does it, Joey Ryan, is a very big elitist douchebag. Okay. Both publicly and privately. And secondly, he stole the gimmick from this guy who wrestles up in Canada, who actually has a large penis. Mm-hmm. When Joey Ryan does his gimmick, the way that the way that he wears his tights, it looks like he has no bulge in his tights at all. Mm-hmm. Whereas wrestlers as WWE centric as like Finn Balor wear their tights, and it looks like they're smuggling like a bushel of grapes in their pants. Right. Okay. So I've heard Finn Balor might be famed for his uh, his uh, 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 Milton Berle like pepper grinder. <laughs> right. He doesn't need to, he doesn't, he only needs to let out enough to win. <laughs> right. He doesn't need um, to give you the whole thing. What are you doing? I'm putting washers on this. You're not getting the whole thing for the, for the $8 I owe you. Right. So, and see, and that for me, from a kayfabe standpoint is, if your gimmick is that you, sh- you have this giant, this super strong penis, I equate having a super strong penis with having a visible penis, not a flat mound where your dick is on your tights, right? Mm-hmm. You so, don't have Ken-itis from Barbie. Right, right. So as part of the WrestleMania experience last week, as part not part of WrestleMania, but in conjunction with WrestleMania, is all those other shows, the independent shows, but also WrestleCon. It's essentially like everybody who's not in WWE and everyone who's not currently in WWE's good graces are at this event, right? So part of the photo op with Joey Ryan is you could pay $30 for a photo with Joey Ryan, and in the picture, you could be touching the world's most famous dick, right? Mm-hmm. And he had to clarify, because some people were confused, you're not touching my bare penis, you're just touching it through my tights like I do in the ring. And it's like, nobody fucking thought they were touching your actual fucking dick, you dumbass. This what? is you just trying to dumb up, drum up more publicity for your shitty gimmick that you do poorly and stole off someone else. Mm-hmm. Why, did Adam, uh, was Adam upset that he didn't get a chance to... I think he was. Dick. No, I saw it somewhere. This this is the shit that like How seeps does that into come up it, with all the filters that you have to protect yourself from the evils of sports and entertainment. How in the fuck did that come up into your life? How? Yes. Bleeding cool does wrestling stuff. God so when damn I'm looking, it, Todd. what I said, God damn it, Todd! Fucking bleeding cool with their wrestling bullshit. Right. So when I'm looking for news for the show. Regardless, I don't know, maybe I forgot to ask you this last week. I don't know. But when, like, when I'll be looking for, you know, whatever, and I just go to Bleeding Cool, like, I, like you said, I know there's the rest, there's, I don't know, the way I have it set up, it's just all Bleeding Cool news, because I want the movie news too for certain things. So, and I was like, oh, occasionally a wrestling story will slide in. I'm like, I don't care, but there's a giant, you know, hey, touch a penis story, and I'm like, okay. Is it extra to, you know, just enough to win, like you said? 